Hello there and a very warm welcome to Racing Only Better. We're going to look at day three of York's Ebor meeting. That's Friday in the company as ever of Dan Barber, Daryl Carter and Kevin Blake. Gentlemen, I trust you're all well. Uh, Daryl, you've tipped plenty of winners. Both of you tipped Mustadaf on day one. So uh, we're having a good week so far. Let's see if we can really drive that home across the last two days, starting with Friday, like I said. Let's kick off straight into it, lads. The 150 is the first race on Friday. It's the mile and a half handicap balance play for uh, Ralph Beckett is your four to one favorite. But what and son was a 13 to two chance has been bet into four to one. I suppose a lot of that is sentimental money. Obviously, it's Paul Hannigan's last ride on course. Um, so you can see the angle there. A lot of people getting involved in Tinzo, lightly raced in Tinzo is 11 to 2 chance. A real springer in the race, Daryl, has been Marhaba the champ, Kevin Ryan. Ryan Moore rides this for Kevin Ryan. You can read Ryan's thoughts exclusively on all his runners on betting.betfair. And don't forget the offer today, as every day this week at the Ebor Festival, bet five pounds on racing multiples and get a free bet. There's four places to each way backers here, Daryl, for the field. Set it up for us. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, you can definitely see why coming back to York for Marba the champ. Um, obviously, he was very, very good here and probably a deeper race a couple of starts back. Um, he's had a bit of trouble with his wind. That's the only sort of concern for me going up in trip now after a bit of a disappointing run at Goodwood. But back on quicker ground, you can see what the money's come from. It's a wide open race. Balance play could uh, could have more to offer moving up in trip. Uh, he's only, obviously only a three-year-old. He's uh, he's got loads of improvement to come. But Mark and ninety-five taking on his elders for the first time just might be uh, enough to to halt him in his tracks. Wooden's son showed a great attitude at Ascot last time. Uh, I just wonder if this is going to come too soon for him. Thirteen days later, really had to dig deep to try and fend off Scampy there to to no avail, beaten by a short head. Couldn't have in Tinzo. I think he's as slow as an old boat. I quite like the uh, the angle with a uh, bag door for James Ferguson. Uh, this horse has got an excellent record fresh. I won't do his form figures, but uh, the last time we saw him, mm. he was uh, chasing home Trawlerman, who subsequently won the Ebor at Goodwood. Uh, and prior to that, he was trying to give £13 to Berkshire. Well, he did give £13 to Berkshire, but he's at Ascot, who's now rated 89 uh, and still improving himself. So I think he's well handicapped of 88. But the interesting angle is these horses moving from Chris Wall's uh, former yard to, to new yards. I think you could, you'd have backed five from the 12 horses. I think at the end, from the end of July, if you, you'd have backed five winners from those 12 first time out for new handlers. Two of them actually oh, won nice. for James Ferguson, King Mania, and Savrola, both for the same ownership as Bagdor. So, look, he's handicapped to go well. This is probably a trip shy of what he wants, but he's on his seasonal turn. He should have no trouble seeing it out. I think 10 to 1 each way. You mentioned four places. I think that'd do for me, but. Back door for Daryl. Nice angle in there as well, Daryl. Good to hear that. Um, Dan, we'll come to you next. Balance play obviously has gone up. What gone up a stone for the two wins in uh, winning Chester and Goodwood this year? What? What are you? Are you a sentimental type, Dan? You, you're a forgiving type. We know that on this yeah. podcast. But are you forgiving and sentimental? Yeah, both of those things. Massive nostalgia <laughs> fan. I love nostalgia. Don't you just love going to places where you used to go as a kid and stuff? Love it. And yeah. then bo boring, <laughs> boring anyone will listen with the same stories about what used to happen there. Um, I'm, I'm with Daryl almost to the letter, except I won't back this horse each way just because of um, a profile of having missed over a year. But he's he's basically nicked all my thought process. The that flurry of winners at the start of the year for. This ownership, including for James Ferguson, having been with Chris Wall. So with Bagdor, um, win only, 
But I'm going to throw out a shout as well for a horse who was third in a Melrose back in the day. And you're going to go skint if you keep backing him to win races because he's on a massive losing run. But I don't think in his current Nick Ravens, Craig Castle should be 28 to 1 each way. He's just running very well. And he's the sort of horse who travels strongly, often overdoes it. The, the bigger the field and actually the higher the quality of race, he might just go on the bridle again for a long way. And that's going to be enough, hopefully, to see him hit the frame. And he's 28. So him each way. And I share Daryl's positivity for Bagdo, the trainer switcher. Excellent. Great stuff. OK, Kevin, are you going to give us the Walt Disney finish for Paul Hannigan? Is there anyone jumping on the Hannigan train? Still just let him win, won't they? That's what happens. 120 grand race doesn't matter. Just let Hannigan, Hannigan the Mannigan go out with a winner. Jamie's um, not for David some... Lanigan, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> there's been some, a few funny ones over the years with that. Well, got poor old Pat Henry, late Pat Henry, his last ride, if I recall correctly, and the whole world piled into it, couldn't get beat, and um, got nipped on the line. But again, it was in a good race rather than a, a Mickey Mouse race up north that was a proper. Uh, a, Tony a, a Dobbin won. Uh, Tony Dobbins was. That, 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 yes, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, absolute. Um, we won't say what it was, but you can watch it yourself <laughs> and make up your own mind. Let's <laughs> not cast uh, aspersions on the integrity of this great game. So move on. Sure. The <laughs> um, I'm going with one of the two three year olds, and Daryl was terribly disparaging about him, but I think my chance to win Tinzo um, because look, there, there's an angle to him. Like he, he was very well regarded. Like he was, he's been put up as a sneaky derby horse over the winter. Would you believe? In, some quarters after um, a winning debut at Newcastle and like the thing is he, he just pulls really hard and um, I gave him a chance on the Shergar Cup card there the thought being that getting into handicap company a um, bit more pace bit more cover etc um, and, and a switch of rider as well might well to be his benefit and, and he did improve for all that it didn't go perfectly for him and the thought is now coming into an older horse handicap with even more runners around him, hopefully more pace um, and a good draw as well, that Holly might just be able to get him tucked away in plenty of cover and and regulate him a bit better than, than has often been the case. Um, he showed at Ascot that he's you know handicapped to be competitive. He's gone up three pounds from there, but um, that was only the fourth round of his life. And I think he can step up again. And um, yeah, he'd be my pick in Tinzio. Okay, in Tinzo, even sorry. In Tinzo, the lightly raced in Tinzo as well for Kevin there, backdoor for the two other lads. And Dan gave an honorable mention to one of the outsiders there. Uh, on to the second race at 225, the Lonsdale Cup. This is a real tricky little contest. Oh, it's yes. five to two to field at the moment. Coltrane is five to two, 11 to four, quick torn. The Ascot Gold Cup winner, Courage Monomy, back on decent ground is 136 to one. Giovaletto Broom is eight and it's 20 River of Stars. But yeah, really tricky little race. Are they gonna let Tom Marcan get loose on the on the on the on the lead here like they did in Goodwood, like they did in this race last year? Or is something gonna take them on early and other the jockeys have to be awake to it this time around, don't they, Dan? Yeah, they got to <laughs> trouble is. I mean, we benefited it from it early in the season, didn't we, when he beat that subsequent winner, um, Isra. At York, and another time he's been at York was basically repeating the same tactics where he won by miles. So he he just poses a real question for the other jockeys. But let's have it right. There's been plenty of occasions where he's tried to do it and it's not come off. So it's not like if it was that simple, he'd win every race, wouldn't he? He'd just blast off and, and wouldn't come back because the jockeys wouldn't be able to know what to do against him. Now, as you as you well know, I'm a big believer in what the market has said before. 
And if we queue up how they bet the Goodwood race, I think you uh, that's my way into it. They were two to one, Courage Mon and me. Um, Quick Thorn was a 16s chance, and Coltrane was three to one. And I think Courage Mon and me on the back of the first blemish of his career is the way to go. I appreciate they could be a Quick Thorn angle, and for that reason, all I'd do, I'd just, I'd just cut my stakes right back for a race like this because it could end up as fast. But I, I'm fairly confident that I'm backing the best horse in the race based on what happened at Ascot in Courage Mon Ami. And because of that first blob in his career where he pulled too hard at Ascot um, under different conditions, well, it was quick ground at Goodwood, sorry, we pulled too hard. It was quick ground at Ascot and he had no problem with it. So maybe the conditions were an issue as well at Goodwood as they were for lots of horses. So he's the way I'm going. Just think that the market might have overreacted to that. Yeah, Daryl, he hasn't had much race in Courage Mon Ami. Sure he hasn't. This will only be his sixth race and he had never encountered ground as soft as he as it was in Goodwood. Uh, you'd be willing to forgive him that run, wouldn't you? Now he's back on his favourite, good to firm ground. Yeah, I'd be all over him. I would. Dan would be half in his stakes. I'll be doubling him for, for this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think the price is, is tremendous, really. For I thought he, he should be a clear favourite, in my opinion. I thought um, I thought he did really well at Goodwood. Obviously, quick form, we know, got away on the front end. But Courage Miami came from further back than the well-placed Coltrane got on terms with him at the furlong pole. Then Frankie just eased him off. And he, and he was, you know, he, for me, he had picked up Coltrane very easily in, in that Goodwood race. He had beat him comfortably at Ascot, albeit over two miles four the time before. Back on faster ground, back here at a nice big galloping track like York would definitely suit him. Nice long home straight. He'll love it. And I think that Andrew Bolden might have put Nate the Great in here to try and take on quick fawn up front for Coltrane. Mm. And I think that will end up benefiting Courage Monami. So, yeah, I'm all over Conor Smith. I think he's, I think he's the best horse in the race by a country mile. He's come so far in a short space of time. It's, it's hard not to forgive him the last one. Yeah, I agree with you 100. Uh, Kevin, what where are you looking at this? It's a, a, a serious angle as well. What Daryl's highlighted there, Nate the Great being stuck in, but yeah, that, that the old golden, the old. Like, sorry. Yeah, the old what, what they call that, the old golden freeze. Wasn't that, the, oh, wasn't, yeah, the, yeah. wasn't that the famous one? Spoiling Carvel's the Hill. The Carvel's Hill, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that, that'd be a fun element. And look, it, it, look you, you always try to put yourself in jockeys' heads. And like we often say it, like they're, they're a very reactive bunch. And the one thing all the jockeys in this race, with one exception, will be thinking is do not let Quickthorn get away. You know, the, these horses, it, the, 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 the element of, the, of surprise is a big thing. And he had it last time, won't have it this time. Um, Nate the Great could play a big role in, in, in being the, the, the chain that connects Quicktorn to the main field. And I don't think it'd be a long chain this time. Um, look, I can absolutely see the case for Courage Mon me. He is the wrong price. I suspect he will go off favourite. Um, so I wouldn't be knocking that at all, but he's not my selection. Um, I like Gia Valletto. Um, I, 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 he also ran in that race at Goodwood. And look, just had no chance. I di- I didn't like the placing, if I'm honest, to go to Goodwood. Um, didn't think it was it, it'd be his track, and just the race didn't go his way at all. Um, I mentioned that the last time he ran, like he, he's an unusual horse, like he, he's an exceptionally long strider. Um, like he he's been recorded by by total performance data getting up near twenty seven feet. You know when the the population average is is like twenty four and a half and. 
Um, like you're talking Frankels and see the stars would, would be some of the few that would break 27 feet like so he's an exceptionally long strider um, and a slow strider as well and I just think he's a horse that's crying out for a big wide galloping track which is what York is um, and York over mile six showed him to really good effect earlier in the season when he beat Elder Elderoff and Broom and Quick Thorn getting back to York up to an extended two miles I think is really what he wants um, I'd be very, very forgiving of the run at Goodwood. And yeah, I just think this will be his bag. Is he as good as a peak form courage man of me? We'll find out. But I, I'd be expecting a career best from him. And he doesn't need to step up loads to get on top of all of these. So um, Gia Valletto for me, for Marco Botti and Andrea Alzini. Excellent. Okay. So Gia Valletto for Kevin and the two lads are going for courage man of me. On to the third race we're going to talk about. It's the Jim Crack Six furlongs for the for the uh, two year old Colts and Geldings. Kill, crying is your favorite at the moment at seven to four, five to two. Johannes Brahms Hatam is a seven to one chance. King Campbell is fifteen to two. Action point an interesting one for Holly Doyle and Archie Watson was a twenty to one chances into twelve to one. Um, I suppose Hatam for me, Daryl. Kick off with you here. I thought. His run in uh, at the vintage stakes was uh, was quite admirable, although he's dropping back to six furlongs here, and it is contrasting ground. Yeah, it is, but I, I still don't. I still think he sets a clear standard, and I still don't think the market respects him. Uh, he didn't respect him too much at Goodwood either. Um, but he's done nothing wrong for me. He was, he was. I thought he was brilliant at Epsom when he missed completely missed the break. He's then finished fifth in the Coventry. He can do no more there. He was staying on at the finish there. That's a good piece of form. Probably best piece of form in the race. Bumped into City of Troy in the superlatives, and then he's won at Goodwood, and he's coming here, and he's an eight, is it seven to one shot, is he something like that? And uh, yeah, and I just think the market continues to try and find a superstar, and I think Hatam's just improving steadily with each run, and I, I think he's got, I think he's got decent each way claims in, in, in this field. I really do. I, actually, he's gonna, he's drawn next to Action Point. Action Point is gonna pop out and try and make the run as he did at. Uh, at Newbury, and to be fair to him, he recorded a good time. That was a big step forward um, at Newbury last time to an enlisted contest. But he's Mark, he was at rated eighty five then, and on that on the basis of that run, he's gone up from eighty five to a hundred to one. So for a hundred, hundred and one, so he might have a little bit more to find than than the figure suggests. I think Hatam's clear for me. Killian, I do like him. He looked like a superstar at Stat Sandown, but I think Sandown can exaggerate winning distances. I think you get a lot of trouble in on the rail there, and. Maybe he wasn't as good as as that performance suggests. And and at Goodwood, I thought the front two were sort of feeling the effects of the ground in the closing stages, and maybe he was a bit flattered there. But there's it's a couple of interesting stats just to throw out quickly on, on this race. I think um, I think every horse, nine of the last 10 horses that won this race ran over six furlongs last time, and the one that didn't ran over five and a half. So like you're kind of looking for a horse that's going to see out this trip. I think Hatam ticks all the boxes. I think if there is going to be a, like a superstar in here, I think this King's Gamble for Ralph Beckett was quite impressive at Newmarket, and he, he could just throw in a bit of a spanner in the works. But, I mean, you're taking a, a big risk back in him. So, for me, I think the solid option is, is Hatem. Rafe well, will throw a spanner in your embarrassment. They're all right with me, Daryl, calling them Ralph. That's quite all right with me. The other guys don't like it, though. They're very much he's Rafe. And you'll be reminded of that on WhatsApp on several occasions through the show. <laughs> <laughs> if you make the, the sin of doing that, Johannes Brahms, Kevin, was uh, was smart first time up, but the race hasn't turned out much, has it? There hasn't been a winner to come out of it. 
Yeah, Ray's a good pal of mine now, so I'll always defend his honour. Um, <laughs> it, it, yeah, well, look, the race could get a big boost in the non-tarp, obviously, with um, with big Evs. Like, that's going to be fascinating it against the Olders. And, like, I just, I think a lot of people, uh, me included, I was just a bit surprised that they dropped back to five. Um, he won it. He won over six at Nace, and just the way he shaped, uh, I was just personally, I was a bit surprised they came back in trip. But look, they justified. He ran a great race, but I think getting back up to six is going to be a help to him. And look, look, I think he he's the most interesting one in my mind. Um, and, and he is my selection. Um, Hatem is interesting because look, it carries the penalty. Um, but it 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 can be done, uh, as a great man once said. It was done <laughs> relatively. It was done relatively recently, um, by by Lucille, um, albeit he won the um he won the July stakes. You know, I think it's it's an extra ask, um, coming back from seven furlongs to six. But look, I think the price is is reasonable. You're getting plenty of compensation at the price if you want to take a chance. Um, so. That that's him, but yeah, Johannes Brahms is the, the one I was leaning towards. Um, look, look, interesting race now. Um, but as we all know, um, Bally Doyle seemed to have a particularly strong team of two-year-olds at the minute. This is one of the very few um, Sayuni two-year-olds in Bally Doyle this year, and there will be many more in future. And yeah, I think he looks a good one to me. Excellent. Okay, Johannes Brahms for Kevin Hatam for Daryl. What were you coming down in this? Yeah, um, just to just to cloud the picture still further, I'm a massive Killian fan. Um, recall doing the pod for Goodwood and being massively concerned about heavy ground for a horse who showed such a turn of pace to win so decisively at Sand. And what the it's egg and spoon form, really the bear form of that. The rest were like sort of eighty horses on time form figures, but he smashed them up by six lengths. And I thought he just had a lot of wheel spin earlier on, early on in the Molecombe, and he was actually going on really well at the finish. Uh, it's probably not a bad strategy that Kev alluded to. Whatever you're doing in the Nunthorpe, probably not a bad idea to, if, you, if you're having a few quid on Big Evs, to stick him and Killian in that related contingency double that you can just about get away with, because one could give a massive form boost to the other. So I don't want to say say you're back in Hart for instance, or Joanne Brahms, why not why not stick Killian in a little double with big Evs in case you get both? Um okay. but uh, primarily I'm a big fan of Killian. I think getting back on quick ground will be a, a massive plus to a strong travelling horse with a turn of pace. Excellent. Okay, well that's a nice angle and it's a nice lead into the 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 uh fourth race we're going to talk about. It's the five furlong wouldn't Bassett Nuntort to give it its full title at 335. Dan, do you want to take it away here? Highfield Princess, 11 day from 13 to 8. She's been favoured since she won last day in um, where did she win last day? She won the, jeez, uh, I'm having a brain fade. Oh, Highfield. She King, won a good King one. George. King George. Goodwood, the King George, yeah, in Goodwood. Um, she won the King George in Goodwood. Uh, Brad Selling there a 4 to 1, 13 to 2, Big Evs or Big Eves, whatever way you want to call it. Regional is 7 from 10 some money for that twilight calls in there at 16 dramatize a 10 to 1 chance but uh, so are you a, are you a the two-year-old fan here Dan? not Come necessarily i just think three i just think it's a strategy that if killian wins and that farm line proves strong it's a good way of getting a much bigger price about big evs as some sort of saver material in the nunthorpe i actually think based on how he raced albeit on testing ground I mean, have you ever seen a horse? Well, in fact, I didn't think I'd seen a horse start faster and then Good Earth started even faster on Sunday at Sandown. <laughs> but he broke so well and got the rail. But he was a bit raw under pressure, wasn't he? He was edging to his right. 
I thought I had it in the bag as the balding horse, Puro Sangue, got alongside him, but he did pick up, to be fair. I just worry about him being streetwise enough to take on season sprinters where they're going to go flat out from the off, albeit in receipt of the weight, of course. And it's very dull, but I think over five furlongs, Highfield Princess is the clear standout. And I thought that was a real return to best. I know Bradsell was ahead of her at Royal Ascot, but I'm not sure that was her her running. I think she was better at Goodwood. The time backs it up. She was really good. And she was scintillated in this race last season. It was a race where you, you sort of knew the race was over once she was lying up no problem at halfway. And I think subsequent evidence actually suggests that this might be a, her very best trip, which is pretty remarkable considering she was starting out over a mile and seven. So, yeah, mm. unoriginal, but I think she's the one to beat very much. Okay, the favourite at 11 day for Dan. Kevin, we spoke on the pod there about Way for Age yesterday and obviously Big Evs, eight stone three, the two-year-old coming in here. He's rated 108 at the moment, 108 at the moment. He's a 13 to two chance. Are you winner against him? What's your thoughts on the Way for Age? You wanted to talk about that here? Oh, yeah. Look, I know Dan would echo it because I know it's, it goes back to, to my youth and time form. I was always hammering into us that like, the Way for Age is just wrong, basically. Um, it doesn't get tested enough to really highlight just just how over the top it is. And I've been tipping two year olds in this race for as long as I've been around. <laughs> it's been a uh, plenty of them have run well. Um, not not enough winners. But the Platinum Queen she ran a stormer last year. It was Highfield Princess that beat her. Um, is Big Evs a, a better candidate than her? It's it's probably up for debate. But he is a bigger price than she was, and. Um, look, I have to I have to go again. I have to I have to stay aboard the train. He's drawn close to her, which is where I'd like to be. Um, I'd imagine Andrea will, will look to follow her, and I think he would have learned a lot last time. I, I I'd accept Dan's analysis there that like the there is a question over will he be sharp enough for this, but um, I think he would have learned a lot in contrasting conditions last time at Goodwood. He showed Ascot that the fast ground isn't an issue. And um, yeah, I've, I've got to stay aboard. I've got to stay aboard, Bar. When you have when you have an edge, you have to keep poking at it, and uh, until 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 you get paid, Martingale system, just keep going. One of these <laughs> is going to win one of these years, and I and I and I I don't want to be not aboard when when the big day comes. Until the time form theory is proved correct, you're staying with the two year old in the non form. Fair enough. Okay, Daryl, last word to you on this. Yeah, got to back two. I think Brad Sell should be favourite. I think four to one is insulting for him, really. I thought he was brilliant in the King Stands, completely unexposed at five rounds. I thought he shaped loads of times last season that he wanted to go back and trip, just that stamina ebbing out over six. So I'd be backing Brad Sell, but the one I'm really looking forward to to back, and I think is just absolutely ludicrously priced, is Cardem. Um, now, the, the, the angle with Cardem here is hope is Jamie Spencer, really. I'm hoping he's going to ride the exact same race that he did on Equilateral in the first race of the uh, of the week. And uh, he's drawn in stall 10. So he's drawn between Big Evs, Brad Sell and Highfield Princess, just lower than him. I'm hoping that he can just sit in behind them and get taken into this race. Now, it, it, for, to me, he's in career best form. He obviously won the Jubilee, beating Sacred by a neck over six. I thought he was much better than the bear result in the July Cup. The ground went against him just before the race. He didn't get a clear run. I'm happy to put a line, or to almost put a line from that, but being three lengths by Shaquille is no disgrace whatsoever. Coming back to five furlongs, if you remember in this race last year, Ryan Moore rode him, 
and he pinged him out and he had the pace to lead the field right into the last hundred odd yards. And then he just sort of fell into a bit of a hole. But I'm hoping with a bit more of a conservative ride under Javis Spencer, he loves fast ground. Just sit behind those two and just hopefully pounce. I think 25 to one's insulting. So hopefully you can get in the frame. Excellent. So there, Jamie, you've had your riding instructions off Daryl. He, he tried <laughs> to give a couple yesterday to Frankie the Tory, you kind of backfired a little bit. I've got my lashings for that, didn't I? Jeez. I'm only joking with you. I knew I knew the point you were trying to make, Daryl. A lot of other people didn't, though, but that was funny. And it was all in good, it was all in good faith, really. Listen, on to the last race we're going to talk about in the Friday. It's the 410. It's the Phillies handicap just uh, over an extended one mile, two furlongs. The Springer in the race is your favorite on Burroughs trained. Rowea, it's five to two now, having been a thirteen to two chance at one stage. Uh, Serona is a nine to two chance, another one that's been plenty of money for Ryan Moore rides that for Charlie Johnson. Uh, outside of that, there's been some money for Sifia Strength, uh, twelve to one into eight to one. Dan, I'm going to start with you here. Any strong opinion in the Phillies handicap that rounds off the ITV racing on Friday? Not massively strong, but I thought aiming high might be overpriced. Um... I'm expecting... So it's something you've been doing for a long time, Dan. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> oh, option. Funnily enough... Sorry. I had no, it's fine. <laughs> Funnily enough, uh, that was almost the motto of the school that I went to. Um, that was aimed high. I hate... <laughs> I was trying so hard to and I just couldn't reach. Um, I, basically, I think she's in really good... She's in good nick and, I mean, trained by Simcoe, we know how so many of his horses are ridden. Um, but it's not so much of a disadvantage on the round track here. She ran at Sandown last weekend, and it was one of several silly races. We referenced on the pod yesterday that there was one race we discussed where that was a bit of a farce, where they just sprinted from the front and nothing got into it. She tried to get into it. She'd missed three months or so. Clearly, for me, needed it the way she shaped, and she was in the wrong position anyway, but there should be a truer gallop here, and she can maybe weave a way through and she's a price. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, the ragged of field for Dan um, aiming high. Uh, Daryl, the interesting one for me is Amanzo, who was sent off uh, nine to four favorite for this race here last year and um, obviously finished second or for a Phillies handicap. I think it was the same race here last year. Yeah. Um, it was another Phillies handicap. Being by a good one. Being by a good mm, one. Yeah. And she, she's coming here now. Obviously they haven't got a run into her. I wonder did, was, did something happen or they just want to get her here fresh? But obviously she's a William Haggis horse and we all know about William Haggis. I'm not even going to repeat it. But uh, <laughs> a 15 to 2, interesting. Yeah, she's a, she, she's a nice type. She's definitely progressive. I think um, I heard William Haggis saying something that they were going to use this as a stepping stone to a race at Yarmouth. Um, oh. So how... Uh, I can't yeah, not it very often. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. What's the listed race in Yarmouth um, coming up? So I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think so. I think they'll be using the step aside of that. But he said that she had been to been to Chelmsford for a bit of work, so she was working well enough to run. So, I mean, read into that sort of what you will. I didn't really have a strong opinion in this. I thought Chelsea Green had more to offer. I didn't think we had seen the best of this this uh, filly yet. She's uh, ran well in a listed race. Uh, last time when going over to France, but she's got some strong form at Newmarket from earlier in the season. And uh, there's definitely more to come. I'm just not sure what the key is to her yet. I think she needs a strong pace. I think she'd get that. So she's interesting, but probably not enough to to make the column or have a bet really bad. Okay. 12 to 1 chance, Chelsea Green. Uh, Kevin, last word to you on Friday's racing. Uh, I thought it might be one for the Irish bar. Adnan Kinta, Jessica Harrington. Um, interesting. Philly has a kind of a number of 
really eye-catching bits of form. Um, I suppose the most relevant one is last time at Galway. Um, went off a short enough price, but an, an Emmett Mullins horse, uh, Malibu Madness, was well fancied um, against her, and she just managed to nip that one close home. And Emmett's horse came out and um, and won later in the week. Um, look, I think uh, I, I think there's more to come from her. I think getting up and trip is going to suit quite well. Um, I don't think the faster ground is going to be a problem. And um, yeah, I, I thought she was really interesting. Um, Lan Kinta at a double figure price will do for me. Okay, and stable jockey Shane Foley, Shane uh, coming over to take that mount on ten to one chance, Lan Kinta. Uh, lads, just the naps on the on Friday from you each, please, Daryl. I start with you. Where are you? Where's the yeah two two twenty five courage mon ami courage mon ami for da- uh, for Daryl Dan what are you looking at Gillian please Gillian the two year old okay and Kev Lankinta Lankinta excellent okay thanks for that lads win on win on place. Oh, WMP right okay just to remind everyone the offer on the Betfair Sportsbook five five bet five pounds on horse race multiples and get a free bet. Um, you can watch out as well for Tony Calvin is doing his 8am briefing every morning on Twitter spaces. Watch out for that and tune in on Twitter for that. Remind everyone to gamble responsibly. Have a great day. And we'll be back again with the e final day, Saturday. Thank you very much. Thank you.